0: The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Centre. Remain blessed as you listen.
1: We need to have the right attitude when it comes to service. It's not just serving, it is how we serve. How we serve. How we serve. You know, um, when you read in the book of Chronicles, he was talking about the king. He said that the king saved God but he didn't serve God with a perfect heart. He did all the things he was asked to do, but he didn't do it with a perfect heart, you know. So you have folks who may be present, you know, know, present in an assembly, all right, serving in one unit or the other, but they're not doing it with a perfect heart. So, fervency, serving God fervently. Turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter number four. Thank you very much.
0: Colossians chapter number four. We're going to be looking at from verse 15 into 17 Colossians 4
1: now look at what he says he says salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphas and the church which is in his house and when this epistle is read among you cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodicians, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea and say to keepers take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the lord that thou fulfill it now there are certain things for us to note in verse 17 when he say i say to archipos take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the lord that thou fulfill it all right what we see very clearly is this he says number one take heed the word take heed there means behold pay attention pay attention what Paul is trying to do is to get Archippus' attention to the ministry he has received. He said, take heed to the ministry that you see. So the first thing we find is Paul telling Archippus, pay attention. You have a ministry. The second thing for us to see is that Akipos received a ministry. Hallelujah. Archippus received a ministry. There is a ministry we receive in the Lord. He received a ministry. Hallelujah. He said, take it to the ministry. So that means there was a particular ministry Akipos was called on to. Glory to God. Amen. He said, take it to the ministry which thou hast received. Which thou hast received. Which thou hast received. Hallelujah. Paralambano, Which thou hast received in the Lord. So, it is one thing to receive ministry. It's another thing to fulfill ministry. It says, take you to the ministry thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Now, the word fulfill there, all right, is talking about uh, to complete a task, right? So let's say, for example, you have a bucket, then you are pouring water into it. So when you pour water into that bucket and the bucket is full of water, you have filled it up with water. Is that correct? Is that correct? you have filled it up with water. So you have completed it. Or let's say they gave you a task of 100 steps. You're given a task of 100 steps. Then you now get to the point that you are able to what? Get to level 100. It means that you have fulfilled the task that is set in front of you. Now, what that implies to us is that there are, how will I put it, if we are to take it to the ministry that has been given to us for us to fulfill it, it therefore means that ministry is in phases.
0: Ministry is in what? Is in phases. Is in lapse. Because if
1: I have received a ministry in the Lord and I'm to take heed to that ministry to fulfill it, it means that there is a it's a journey glory to god it is a what it's a journey take it to the ministry see today that you fulfill it that you complete it that's why paul will say i have finished i have fought a good fight i have run the race i have finished what i have finished what my course so there is a course Set before every man in Christ. There is a journey before every man in Christ. There is a race to run. Glory to God. There is a race to what? To run. And every single person on earth who is in Christ has a race to run and has a time in which he needs to run it. And he is expected to fulfill his race. You know, Kenneth Hagin was um, I mean, his book. I think his plans, purposes, and pursuits. Or uh, apostles, the, he gave gifts unto men. He was talking about how the Lord spoke to him and said, after he had done ministry for like fifteen years, the Lord said to him, he said, you just concluded the first phase of your ministry. He said what? The first phase I have, I mean, I've pastored nearly all the church, level churches, I've started several churches, I've been in ministry for, for, for close to 20 years, and I have just done the first phase. And I said the Lord said, Congratulations. Because actually, most ministers don't get to the end of their first phase in ministry. They don't get to the end of their first phase in ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That thou fulfill it. So now let's look at it. Every believer has a ministry of the Lord. Now, I've told you several times, there's a difference between the work of ministry and what? The gifts of ministry. There's a difference between ministry gifts and the work of ministry. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 7. It's all ministry. Whether it's the work of ministry or ministry gifts. The difference is in the roles that each play. Hallelujah. The difference is in the role that each play. I don't know if you Remember the teaching, Seven Days of Glory? Was it Seven Days of Glory or LMM? Where I talked about when God calls a man. He yeah, either calls him to be a what? A pioneer. Alright? To be a what? A son. To a partner. To be a what? A partner. Alright, to a pioneer. Partner slash what? Associates. All are valid calls. But you know, if you do not properly identify what God to, called you to do, you cannot run the race. Imagine someone who is not called to pioneer. Going to pioneer. You know he has already started running the wrong race. He can never finish any phase of anything. Praise the Lord. He can't finish it because he wasn't called to do that. And God will not say, oh, yeah, hey, uh, mm. Everything assessment is according to God's plan, not
0: your plan. It's according to God's plan, not your ambition, right? Now, I said Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 7. He says, but unto every one of us is given grace. Pay attention.
1: Now, notice he says, but unto every one of us. That is every one of us. The every one of us is in Christ. Right? But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now, wherefore he seeth when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive. By the way, Pastor Wilson, happy birthday. Alright, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. I'm sure you guys will make noise about it in second service, you know. And I'll make noise about it in the church. That we should all go to his house. We have to love Christ. Praise God. Because Luchi Baby has made sure that there's some stuff waiting for us. Okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> so he says, Wherefore he said, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, he gave gifts unto what? Men. Gave gifts unto what? Unto men. Ah. Gave gifts unto what? Men. Now, what gifts? You know, many times we always think that what happened was God came and gave a gift of pastor. So he gave pastoral gifts to um, um, Emmanuel so Emmanuel is now a pastor so what gave him the gift of a pastor you understand you know but that's not what he's saying so let's get again from verse 7 but, unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ right wherefore he said when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men Okay, so he gave gifts to men. So we need to now look at the gifts he gave. He now says, Praise God. This person does not understand that on Sunday I don't. Can someone call on All right, pick it and know who it is. He now says, Wherefore he said, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Nine. Now that he ascended, what is it that, but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things now 11 and he gave some what so the gifts is now what he's talking about so the gifts he gave unto men so he's saying so the sum. alright when he says and he gave some so he's talking about the men to whom the gifts were given is this clear so when he says and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers which means All are not apostles. He gave some apostles. Are you following? All are not prophets. He gave some prophets. Praise the Lord. All are not teachers. He gave what? Some teachers. So the teachers, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists are the gifts he has given unto who? Unto men. Are you following? Which therefore means that the apostle is a gift of God in Christ. It's not just a man. It's a gift the pastor is not just a man is a gift of god in christ is a gift in fact the apostle the prophet the teacher the evangelist are the gifts resulting from the resurrection of jesus from the dead so they are gifts of resurrection hallelujah they are gifts of resurrection There is a difference between the ministry gifts in the Old Testament and the ministry gift in the New. In the New, the ministry gifts are a result or a byproduct of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That gift is not an ordinary person. So, you will make a mistake
0: in thinking that the pastor is just a pastor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not just a pastor, is God's gift to you.
1: Are you following? Is what God's gift to who? To you. And if the moment you begin to understand who that pastor is to you, all right, who that apostle is to you, who that prophet is to you, the moment you begin to understand, the easier it will be for you to receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. said hallelujah all right so when you understand that that person is a gift you will now be able to treat them properly and honor them properly but this is not where i'm going i'm not talking of honor this morning all right he says he now goes on he says and he gives some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the what for the what perfecting of the saints so he says he gave them for a purpose the purpose is to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So that means the gifts were given to the saints. And what the gifts being given to the saints is, uh, does is that the ministry gift comes to perfect. The word perfect there means to equip. Glory to God. To train. To equip. To furnish. Hallelujah. So when the, the gift is given to the to the saints for the purpose of furnishing them with what they need to do ministry. Hallelujah. So there is the ministry gift being given so that the saints can do what? The work of ministry, the labor of ministry. So, how much of work of ministry being done by the saints is a revealer of how much of um, the ministry gifts they are receiving from. There is a direct correlation between the activity and the grace. All right, on a ministry gift and the quantum and frequency of work of ministry the saints do. So if you find yourself in a place where you are not doing the work of ministry, it most likely is because number one, you are not receiving the, the ministration of a gift of ministry, or, praise God, you are not sitting under a ministry gift. You know, there are, you know you see, you know, who calls people into ministry? Who calls people
0: into ministry? Look at first Corinthians 12. Look at what he says. First Corinthians chapter number 12.
1: He says in verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. He now there are differences of ministries. But what? Yeah. But the same what? with the same word? Lord. Look at verse 27 of the same place. He says, now ye are the body of Christ huh? and members in what? Particular. And God, everybody say God. God. God at what? Set some. Did he say set all? God has set all? God, talk to me now. God has set all? No. God has set some. in the church it says first apostles now when he talks about when he says first apostles he's not saying that apostles are number one no. you understand so sometimes many times um, I, say, I say, sometimes many times god forgive me sometimes many of you seem to think that the apostle is the senior man of god you understand so when you say ah this one is a prophet but this guy is an apostle have you noticed that sometimes it seems it looks as though people even look down on pastor or even a teacher? So you hear people say it's just a teacher. Have you heard people say it's just a teacher? It's just a teacher. <laughs> just. But that guy's an apostle. <laughs> so you now find some people claiming that role apostle. For example, now we have three centers. I cannot claim an I'm, I'm apostle female. <laughs> Is it to me? <laughs> no one ministry gift is more important and powerful than the other. They are all gifts of, gifts that arose from the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Glory to God. They are gifts of redemption. Amen? Amen. But when he says first apostles, and God has said for some in the church, first apostles, he's talking about the order in which gifts appeared on the scene so for example the first ministry gift we discover in the scripture is the gift of what the apostle we see the apostles first so you have that there were 12 apostles ordained so what is showing you is the order in which the Lord sets them where in the church are you following what I'm saying the order in which God set them where in the church, so we find that he said twelve apostles first in the church.
0: Firstly, apostles. Glory to God. Then, after he said the apostles, the next
1: set of people he set up in the church. All right, our what Prophets. He's not saying prophets are second to apostles. No, he's telling you how they showed up in the church. First were apostles. So, if you look at Acts of Apostles and you study, you find out that the first ministry which you we see were the apostles. Then, after that, we now start talking about prophets. Amen. Prophets. Then the next one, he says teachers. Can you see that? Teachers. Amen. Teachers. So, you find out that in you know, Apostle Paul, though he was an apostle, but he also stood in the office of a teacher. If you go to Acts chapter 13, the Bible says, and they were at Antwerp. Right, certain prophets and what and teachers, and he mentions Paul as this uh, among the certain what prophets and what and teachers. So he was a prophet and he was a teacher, so he stood in the office of a prophet and a teacher. Now, remember what we said. Take it, O Akipos, to your ministry that you might what? Fulfill it. And I've told you when he says fulfill it, he's talking about completion. So it is a journey. So when you are going in the work of ministry and going in that journey of ministry, there are times where you are going to stand in certain offices or fulfill particular roles. It is part of your journey. Apostle Paul did not start out as
0: an apostle. He started out as a what? As a what? prophet teacher praise the lord praise the lord he started out as a prophet teacher so he says
1: secondary secondary teachers then the next one he now says after that miracles then what gifts or feelings. then what helps government and diversities of tongue gift of healings, miracles, evangelists then when he talks about helps, government, diversity of tongue he's talking about the office of a word pastor hallelujah Hallelujah. so he's telling you that the office of the pastor alright, in the genealogy of ordaining of men into ministry in scripture, the office of the pastor appeared what? last does he mean that the office of the pastor is the least? no are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what i'm saying so what normally used to happen is that when at the beginning god will set up set up an apostle what the apostle did was the apostle will stand in some measure in all of the different offices all right because of sorry
0: praise the lord all right the person all right standing up is
1: the apostle will stand in some of the different offices hallelujah he was standing in some of the different offices and the purpose of him standing in those offices was that he would stand there and he would you know act, uh, act uh, as a pastor act as a teacher act that's what he was doing hallelujah he was stand in those different offices until ministry gifts all right would arise from the people that have been won to christ so you find that all right from the ministry of apostle paul several other ministry gifts arose amen several other ministry gifts arose who stood in different offices are you for the one i'm talking about yeah so that's the that's how it, it gives it develops and it's very important for us to understand this praise the lord i said praise the lord Praise the Lord. So the purpose is the difference between ministry gifts and the work of ministry. The work of ministry. So as you are here now, what's going on is that as you are listening to the word of God, as you are submitting to authority, you are being prepared and trained for the work of ministry. Now, as we know, if you study properly, you find that you cannot even stand in the office of a ministry without first of all being perfected for the work of ministry. Are you seeing that? That's why even after Paul was called, he still had to sit down under someone to treat him, teach him and train him. Glory to God. So you find that after he was called, there was a 13-year hiatus where he was in Arabia, studying 13 years before we ever heard of him appearing on the scene. Your preparation time is part of your process. You understand? That time where you are sitting under, Glory to God, you are not doing any poor thing, you are not leading anything, you are not unit this, you are not, uh, it is part of your training. Glory to God. It is part of your training. God will be testing you. He will test you with scenarios where, for example, you will have that you come into a unit and the unit leader is younger than you. Praise the Lord. Is what? Younger than you then it will test your ability to submit. Because, you know, some folks, they have that problem. And what God is trying to test is that ministry is not about seniority. Seniority is not in age. It's in what? Training and what? Grace. Hallelujah. Are you following? So that training is going to come. You understand? And until you pass that state that Stage until you are able to pass that stage in humility, you don't go to the next stage. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah. you will not be there. Called, but you are there. You see, let's say if there's something I found out about God that gets me sometimes afraid is that I have found out that God has this capacity to keep you in one spot until you grow into your next level. He's not emotional, you know, it's a spirit, you know, it's a spirit. You stay there. How do I know? Look at the children of Israel example. 40 years, they were just going around. 40 years! Just, you, 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 that's what it's, Do you know how close the promised land was? The promised land was just over there. The middle is not that big. So it's not as though the promised land was fine. No, it kept them going around for 40 years. You are not ready.
0: Until all of them died, remaining the people that were ready. It's not an emotion. You say, ah, God, that's so wicked. Uh, It's not wicked. It's God. Who are you to question him?
1: Praise the Lord. So you have to learn that you are on a journey. Glory to God. Now look at 2 Corinthians 5.15. So the word ministry is from the Greek word diakonia. And it means service. That's what ministry means. Service. Service, that's what it means.
0: If you say you are in ministry and you are not serving, you are lying. If you are saying you are being perfected in the work of ministry and and you are not serving, you are lying. Praise the Lord. You
1: say you're yeah, in the work of ministry and you're not serving, you're lying. There is no ministry without serving. In fact, that word diaconia actually is, is the word they use for waiters. You know waiters? You know waiters, right? Waiters, someone that is waiting and you know, waiting on you in a restaurant. That is diakonia. So that means when you're talking about diaconia, you're talking about a servant whom you are giving instructions and he carries out those instructions, then he waits again, waiting for the next instruction. That's where diaconia is. The difference when we talk about ministry in the context of the gospel is that the diakonia is serving the word of God and is serving the Holy Ghost. But he's doing both at the instance and at the instruction of the one who called him to serve. So ministry, when you look at that word ministry, there is nothing in the word diakonia, glory to God, that conveys the idea of a boss. There is nothing in the word ministry that conveys the idea of an ogre, a boss, a king. No, it conveys the idea of a servant. So, how low you can go in service determines how high you can
0: go in ministry. For the greatest amongst you is the servant. The greatest amongst you is a servant. Look how it says. 2 Corinthians 5.15
1: Please, honey, tell them I'll come when I'm done. It says, 2 Corinthians 5.15 Can we read? One to go. It says what? Yes. Okay, let's 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 read that again, please.
0: Now,
1: are you feeling that? So he says the reason he died for us is for us not to live unto ourselves, but to live unto who? Unto Him. Can you see that? Which means that the salvation we have received brings to us a particular way of living and that way of living is what is that now that we are saved we are not to live our life to serve our flesh serve our greed and our appetites we are to live a life that serves the plans and purposes of god so whenever you find a scenario where somebody is saying i am eternally saved and is living anyhow he has not understood salvation are you following? Salvation has a purpose. It says, he said, And that he died for all, that they which live should not end forth. That means the moment they live, that means the moment they become born again, should not end forth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them. And did what? Rose again. So that is the moment I live again get born again, I live for him. So that means I
0: was born again to serve him. Are you following? I don't bring
1: my ego into service. I don't bring my ambitions
0: into service. I don't do that. Because it's not about me.
1: It's about Him. Say that with me. It's not about me. It's about about Him. Self-conscious and self-centered people cannot be used in ministry. They will spoil a lot of things. Now, they can occupy a position of ministry. When I say they cannot be used in ministry, I'm not saying that they can't occupy a position of ministry. They could be geo of this church or pastor of one church and stuff. But you see, the fact that you are occupying a position of ministry does not mean you are in ministry. Because being in ministry is in serving who? The one who did what called him. So you can be, have the position and not be serving him. You can have the position and not be carrying out his instructions. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? Very important for us. You, know, you can be doing all of those and you are not carrying out instructions. You are carrying out your own agenda. Because ministry is in carrying out... His instruction and not yours. So there cannot be a ministry unto the
0: Lord without a relationship with the Lord. There cannot be a ministry unto the Lord without intimacy with the Lord.
1: Because it's in that place of intimacy and fellowship, we get instructions from the Lord for
0: ministry. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Very important.
1: Now, in the work of ministry and in the fulfillment of your ministry, there is something you need to first of all realize. Ministry, we cost you. Ministry, we cost you. What did I say? Ministry will cost you something. It will cost you. There is a cost to it. There is no man or woman that has been in ministry that didn't, cannot point to what they give up for it. None. None. Jesus met with Peter. After they received a wonderful earth-shaking miracle, what did Jesus say? He says what? Follow me and I will make you what? What did he give up? He gave up his fishing business. All the disciples left all to follow Jesus. Which means in the call to ministry, there is a separation from certain things. There are some folks that say they want to serve God and lose nothing. You are not serious. So you also have some folks who cry about, oh, the church this, the church this, the church that, they didn't understand that it was ministry. And some of them were not really saved. It will cost you money to do ministry.
0: It will cost you what? Money. It will cost you time to do ministry. It will cost you money. Who don't like to hear that? They like to give 500 naira offerings
1: and say, I'm giving us according as I've purposed in my heart 500 naira 500. You that God has you earn seven million a year, you are, you are giving God uh, how much is 500 Nair? 25k out of that, and you say, I love you, Lord, I love you. I'm, 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 uh, what's that song to me? what song sang for us, uh, I am. I'm yours to save. I'm yours to leave something. I'm here for you. You. And the spirit said, Give the one million. I surrender all to you. You surrender the one million. You. I give my all. yes that. I know one of the things I found out with the Lord is that sometimes when He gives instructions for us to give, He's training. It's training. It's not about the money. It's a training. Hallelujah. It's a training. When he tells you, spend his time praying. Ah, I want to do all that. It's a training. When he cancels your plans. How I many of you have God told you to do something and he canceled your plans? He canceled your plans. It's a training for ministry. Sometimes he cancels your plan through your pastor. You already planned for a particular thing. You want to do one Saturday something. And pastor just "Well, all right, we're having 10-hour prayer meeting. Your flesh will now cry, ah oh, no pastor. We need to be organized. Ah, we need to plan these things. We have this. Ah, we
0: we, we need to ah, we, ah, we, ah,
1: we, ah, we, ah. what is the thing you are going to do? One tenth cousin's
0: wedding. Praise <laughs> <Where> God. <laughs> See, you will give tough up. <laughs>
1: At Saint Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, verse 20. Luke 18 and 20. You will give stuff up, you will give relationship up. That Adamne that you love, but it's not good for you, you will give her up. That Lucas, tall, barrel chested, six pack, but he's, he's saying, I don't want this Jesus stuff, I don't really feel it. <laughs> you give him up, he <laughs> doesn't really feel it. Doesn't feel it. Praise God. And you're like, Sis Park. All the other brothers in church, they have one park. And I love Sis Park. You give him up. Praise the Lord. You will give him up. Ketchin Kumar was talking about, there was this guy. Ketchin Kumar loved the woman of God. So she was doing ministry. Then Funny enough, she fell in love with a guy, one guy called Evangelist Burroughs or something like that. Now, at the time she was relating with Evangelist Burroughs, she didn't know he was married. You know, some dudes are crazy, man was doing all these things, quoting all the scriptures oh sister Catherine, oh something, I mean, I was praying and the Lord was talking to me and I saw a vision and, uh, sister Catherine had gone Woo! spiritual was married she didn't know she got to know after they fallen in love praise God they fallen in love already and got to know but you know as life is the man said, "No, he has a problem with the wife." Blah blah blah. Said he divorced his wife, then they married Catherine. Hallelujah! Obviously, she was out of the will of God, and she battled for six years to stay in the marriage and do ministry. You know, she was back then; it was difficult for a woman to do ministry. Then she now, at that, she married a divorced man. You, you understand now? Hmm. But she loved Burrows. That was tall did his right <laughs> so she married him then see she was doing ministry she had a ministry with hundreds of people there she married him then all right as after, as soon as she married him she stopped preaching as per my husband she preached i married him so the husband is you do you understand so she sat down on sunday and was doing pastor's wife catherine See Kuma, thank God that God delivered her. Imagine. Patrick Kuma, she was not doing pastor's wife. And she was just dead, dying. And the Lord was telling her, what are you doing? What are you doing? For six years. See, God, you can be patiently. There are some of you here. God is patiently telling you, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you, doing? you have been struggling for four years about an instruction. One month with an instruction. And finally, she walked away from Mary and said, No. The marriage was wrong. Go back to your wife. But she didn't remarry. She said, I'm sold to Jesus. So, some of the theology of Kachinkuman, understand the context. So, when he said, I die daily. Oh, I die a thousand. Understand now. You understand? (laughs) Understand. (laughs) Understand. Praise the Lord. Understand, though. Hmm. You know, it was, she had to die to what she wanted. (laughs) Praise the Lord. She had to die.
0: Because it was either Burroughs or Jesus. Ministry will cost you. Amen. Amen. It will cost you, some of you, it will cost you traveling abroad. It will cost you traveling abroad. example me now as I'm like this
1: right you know for ministry you won't know me (laughs) (laughs) you won't know me (laughs) ah me I would sharp 2008 2009 I would have gone you would have been hearing about Dr. Femi Olaleye seasoned specialist in oncology clinical that would be in Canada Ontario and I'll be talking about. I want to give back to the community in Nigeria. <laughs> I want to help the poor, you know. <laughs> yeah. Ministry will cost you. And hallelujah. Ministry has great rewards. Amen. I said, Amen. Hallelujah. So, what does I say? Luke 18 20. It says, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Listen, do not kill. This is a young rich ruler. Do not still do not bear four witnesses. Honor thy father and thy mother. 21. What does he say? And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now, 22. What does he say? Now, when Jesus heard these things, hmm. <laughs> yeah, you, you kept everything, have you? You kept everything, huh? All the commandments, 3,000 of them. Yeah, kept everything. So, yeah, okay. Now, when Jesus had these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest that one thing. Say, sell all that thou hast, distribute it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come and do what? Follow uh, follow me. That's like telling Elon Musk. Tell Tesla. Don't keep the money and the poses in our accounts. Take that money, distribute it to the poor, and what? Follow me. What was Jesus telling him? What was Jesus trying to test? What he was trying to test this man of his is whether this man actually realized that he, Jesus, was
0: worth more than everything he had. Because if he appreciated that Jesus was worth more than everything that he had,
1: what would he have done? He would have obeyed. meaning you will give yes, it will cost you something and one of the major things that ministry all right if you do it rightly will take away from you is that you take away from you
0: what covetousness if you take away from you what covetousness ministry is not a means to enrich yourself how you Tell how well you are doing in ministry is not by how
1: enriched you are. The goal is not to rinse souls so that they make you rich. That's not the goal. If it happens, it's fine. But that's not the goal. The testimony of the minister must be that I coveted no man's silver and I coveted no man's what? Gold. That must be your testimony after you've completed your ministry. Praise the Lord praise the lord all right hallelujah hallelujah so it's so important for us to see and let me just kind of round up because of time so we said a saved man is safe to serve and ministry is going to cost you it's going to cost you now the phases of ministry let us look at it it's phases of ministry like we said take paul said take it unto apostles that thou what Fulfill your ministry. So if it's to fulfill it, it means that there are stages to it till it gets to a completion of the ministry. So what are the phases all right, of ministry? What phases are there?
0: Glory to God. The first phase of ministry is the calling. The calling unto ministry. Haleo,
1: calling. Now, the calling unto ministry. The calling unto ministry is in Christ. So every believer in Christ is called. Now, there will be a differentiation as to what that call is. Whether it's the call of the pioneer, call of the partner, call of the associate, call of the son. Right? But it's a call? It's in Christ. Now, the second phase is training in ministry. You would not be able to walk in differentiation of that call that you have received without training. God called Samuel, but Eli had to train him to know it was God that was calling him. Without the training, Samuel would not have been able to recognize that God was the one calling him. Are you following what I'm saying? So, the training is important. So, after the calling, you have the training. Amen? Amen. The training. The training is the most important and the longest phase
0: of ministry. Because training for ministry never really ends. It never ends. So it is a phase
1: that is within all phases, but I am differentiating it for the purpose of teaching. Training. In training comes information, in training comes revelation, in training comes impartation. Let me say that again. In training comes information, in training comes revelation, in training comes impartation. Because the form in which you are called is not the form in which you are sent. You are called in a raw
0: state, but you must be sent as a finished goods. Hallelujah. Then after the
1: training, now now comes descending under supervision. That's the next place. Supervised ministry. Supervised ministry. So for example, if you look at Acts about 13, in fact, if you look at Acts of Apostle chapter 12. Before Acts 13, before Paul and Barnabas go out on their first missionary journey, the Bible lets us understand that the church at Antioch sent Paul and Barnabas to carry what? Relief materials. To what? To the apostles who were in Jerusalem and the saints there. That's supervised ministry. Then after they finished that assignment, they came and gave accounts to the church that what? sent them. So they were under the authority of that church. Supervised ministry. Be very careful of wanting, of of um, having that issue. I've, I've noticed that one of the things the devil does, all right, in the training of many believers, is that it makes their flesh rise up against training. It makes their flesh rise up against supervision, and usually, that thing that rises up against supervision is
0: pride. Pride and ego. So
1: let's say you're told to start a cell or to start a church, and you are being told send your report in, because you see writing report is not as charismatic as getting people healed, and it's not as charismatic as standing behind the pulpit and sharing the word. Are you following what I'm saying? So all of a sudden you think that's not for you. But you don't realize that writing that report is how the person supervising you will be able to properly help you and say, you are missing it here. You are missing it here. Pay more attention to this. Are you following? Supervised
0: training. So you are trained. Then in the supervision, you are sent, but you are supervised. responding properly to the supervision is part of the training. Hallelujah. And if you are wise, you will always want to be supervised, if you are wise.
1: For example, as a pastor, I always make sure I talk to my pastor about what we are doing here. And believe me, talking to him has saved us a lot of problems that would have entered into becoming an experience. That's so what want to do. You see, don't do, for example. We went to, I, I, was pastor, I said, Pastor, we met a, a venue, there's 1,000-seater our mainland church, we want to move in there. You understand? Um, this, 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 this. Then you know, I said, he said, I, I asked, when do you want to move? I said, We're looking at sometime in June already. The venue said that blah 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 blah. My pastor said, Don't move in June. Move in August, September. I said, Why? He said, Because of rain. I said, Say yes. You want to start? It's a jump. The 1,000 seater. COVID regulation will make it 500, 600, correct? I said, Yes, Pastor. He now said, How many is the church right now? Really and I said, they are, When we look at everything, it's like 150 and stuff like that. I said, Okay, good. So you want to, within a month or so, generate momentum to at least fill that hole, right? I said, Yes. He said, Why will you now want to move? When the number one reason people don't come to church will start in, the, in that month. Rain. One of the reasons why people don't come to church in sub-Saharan Africa in that period, May, June, July, is what? Rain. And that's the time when the rain will be much. It will be flooding. But don't. That's wisdom. I didn't think of that. Praise the Lord. That's what supervision does. Because with supervision, what you will miss? The other person will know what?
0: So when you are being supervised, you are not being supervised because you are an idiot. No. And most most people that actually flee from supervision are intelligent people.
1: People that think they are intelligent. And that's why many times you find that the most successful people in the world are not the most intelligent. The most successful people in the world are the people that know how to use intelligent people. They know how to use intelligent people and not so intelligent people. Because they realize that they
0: need everybody. Are you following? Supervision. So there is supervised ministry. Praise the Lord. That's why you have the principle of accountability. Amen,
1: amen. So after the supervised ministry, praise God. All right, where you are under tutors and governance, until the time appointed of the Father. Then there's another time they say, okay, we've we have been supervised, we have been trained. All right, we are not going to supervise you as. You understand? You can just let us know what is going on, but we know that you have the knowledge and you know what to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you start churches, or you start this thing, we put you at the branch, I will give you our outline. As I say, preach from here. You say, don't I know how to prepare outline? Oh. I'm helping you. Do you know what I'm checking? I'm checking your ability, glory to God, to comply with guidelines. Because As you go on pastoring, you will need to be able to bring guidelines out for the people you are leading towards. Comply.
0: If you don't know how to comply, how will you teach compliance? It's not because you don't know how to prepare outline. So there are some character qualities that
1: need to be developed. And it's developed by supervised training.
0: Because if you don't develop it, you can't pass it along. Hallelujah. So, there are times where, okay, in training, we will say, let this person teach. Let that
1: person sing. And one of the things the Lord and I are watching
0: is the reaction of the person we didn't call to that person being told to teach. hallelujah because that person's reaction will show the level
1: of growth and development because power should not be given to the person that is seeking it <laughs> are you seeing that? the person that is seeking power, if you give that power to the person, the person will destroy everything and power should not be given to the person that feels he is deserving
0: of it, it's my time look at Buhari. Amen. Because after I saying, I'm fine.
1: But the guy that said I have no shoes, <laughs> I'm not saying the other guy was better. But well, since he was though he was, at least then we could say what we want without you understand. But now <laughs> praise the Lord. Let's stop here because we don't know he's watching. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Deserving. If you ever get to the point where you think I am better than this person, you are in a very bad place. I am better. You are what? Inside grace. You are talking you are better. How? Better in what? Please explain. The thing you are coming to is not by grace you will do it. So, how are you better? Please explain it to me. I'm a better preacher. Okay, you think preaching is about English? See, that word there, <laughs> you think that what this is? That word there is a, a, is a Greek word, agologosos. From the root word, agologogo. From the depth of the subsection, agolo. You, understand? you think that's
0: what this is? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. training to fulfill your ministry you see many people start but not many people fulfill
1: to fulfill is to complete amen
0: amen it's what complete complete some of you may not have even started Some of you, your training is outreach. You're supposed to show up. But
1: you are having supervision, reason. You want to watch football. You are delaying your class. You want to watch football. You just want to be there watching football. Then one day, you now say, I've been called to ministry. Sometimes when I hear people like that, you are called, You are not around for evangelism. When you are doing Bible study, you are not there. You are not a pillar in this church. And you are called, called to do what exactly? To plant a church to the nations. Do you know what it takes to plant a church to your to your boys' quarters? You want to plant church to the nations?
0: What do you know about church? You never really learned! Hallelujah! What do you really know? This is about peering on flyer. Think that's what this is about? Do you know the battles you will fight? Do you know the attacks, spiritual and physical, you will face? You need to be trained for that. Yeah, some things to not tell you. <laughs> because you don't need to know. So here you
1: see, whoo, no,
0: uh, uh, fight. There are mental health battles. Mental health. You need to be trained for it that's why I value the
1: face of training love it
0: embrace it value it because it is what will keep you hallelujah
1: you know during times of danger you will not remember all the scriptures what you remember is your training I hear what I'm saying In battle, when soldiers are fighting, they don't remember their mother's name or or the rule book. What they remember is what? They are training. Because in battle, most of your response is by what? Reflex. So, in training, what they are doing, they are training your what? Reflexes to respond in what? In a particular way. So, that's why a a soldier, when he has a gunshot and he's with his weapon, there is a way he will respond. Reflex
0: is his training. 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 so when they call 10-hour prayer meeting you miss it that's why when things happen, you
1: are joining all the untrained people blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus you, do, you, have to, you understand, blood of, you are, you are sick Christ, blood of Jesus Lord, the blood
0: of Jesus Holy Ghost fire because life will always elicit a response
1: there will always be a response. It's either a trained one or an
0: untrained one.
1: But that response, there will be one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So give yourself to training. When we say we are coming to pray, pray. When you say, okay, devotional, read it. When we put messages up on Telegram, listen to it. Take note, listen and listen. I mean, let's round up. think I was talking with um Konekani, Kunle um, I put up a link to a message the woman question I think it was one of the seats we took during first service remember that service woman question so he said one of his teenagers was asking him our ah, pastor that why is this that they look as though the bible is against women preaching because of those verses in scripture where it says the woman should learn in silence and things like that I do not permit a woman he now said he just remembered that I put a link out he now posted it in their group the teens group and they listened and they were like this answered all the questions. You understand? This answered all the questions. From a message.
0: What did he do? He didn't teach it, but he has done ministry. Because he served the truth to them. Hallelujah.
1: God will hold you responsible for every question an unbeliever asks you. That the answer was taught to you in your church. This church, as it is, will stand as a witness against most of you. <laughs> ah, I'm serious. You stand against a witness because, Amen. You cannot be in this church and still be spiritually stupid, because <laughs> praise the Lord, because it will stand against because you were
0: told, you were taught, you were taught. The messages were on your phone.
1: The pastor is chasing you with the message, Anna. He's chasing you with the message.
0: Yet, eh, 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 are you sure? Have you taught us that before? Listen to me. Take it to training. Glory to God. You know, good conduct, behaving in such a way that praises
1: Lord. You know, it's training. How we know it's training? I'm not there, it's training. Yeah. Glory to God. It's training. So for example, I'm married to my wife. I know that no matter what happens, maybe she says something that is hey, there is a way I can
0: react. Because of what? It's training. Praise the Lord. It's training. Glory to God. Have you
1: learned something today? Lift up your hands and just bless his name.
0: You have just listened to a message by Rev. Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.